Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to the Shoes with Biscuit podcast. I'm Alex Whiteley, and we are coming from one of the most beautiful places I've ever, I think I've ever recorded. And I've, been, I've recorded in some crazy good places. And I'm outside the, the Royal Hill in Edgeley, uh, and I am sat with Colonel Mark Cuthbert Brown, CBE, and you are the Vice Lord Lieutenant. I am indeed. What a mouthful that was. I think I said that to you on an email. Um, <laughs> how are you? Are you good? I'm very good, thank you. Yeah, good to meet you, Alex. It's good to meet you too. Um, now, I'd love to find out more about you because we've just been talking now. You've got a fascinating story. So can we talk about the, the colonel part, your background, and, and what, what that is all about, obviously? Oh, gosh, I wasn't anticipating that question. Um, <laughs> I grew up as the child of a generation that all served during the Second World War. Um, every one of my um, parents, siblings, and indeed both my parents served in uniform during the war. And I joined the army in the 70s. Uh, partly because of the three-day week, and I sort of felt that there wasn't much alternative, and I said that to my mother, and she said, like hell you will, I think, with her, her words. But also <laughs> watching um, really quite horrific stories developing in Northern Ireland, and I thought, my parents did something for the country, and I ought to. <laughs> uh, and so I started at Sandhurst, and initially with a three-year plan, and very quickly it expired, and I'd already been to Northern Ireland and Berlin and enjoyed myself, and the system said oh, your service is coming to an end, um, you ought to think about where you're going to next, and these are the countries in which we don't really want you to work. Um, and I thought, this was the best alternative, and so I signed for a regular commission, and uh, ultimately did three, 35 years um, before, or along the way, stumbling on Shropshire and liking the people here, and then looking my eyes up around the hills and recognising the countryside, and it's beautiful, and it's a beautiful town in Shrewsbury really and I thought this is a great place to settle and here I am I, I mean I've got to say my drive up here was very extraordinary because I, I haven't been down this neck of the woods since I was probably about 17 mm. and the last time um, I came we sat outside guys so you're going to hear cars and stuff but that's nice it's fine. and the birds tweeting that's the most important thing I was in the cadets from when I was about 13 right up until I was 18 and three quarters or whatever it was you were allowed to be in that, that I hit that that, that mark um, and we used to spend a lot of time in the, the Ministry of Defence the, the camp here in Nescliffe um, and driving around here I saw those white huts and I got so emotional. I was like, oh, my God, this is, I spent so much time here when I was younger, and I haven't been here since. I mean, have you ever had that experience where you haven't been somewhere since you were a kid and you've seen it and all this, it brings back all this emotion? It's crazy. So thank you for bringing me out here. I'm delighted, <laughs> delighted. Uh, you, I mean, you were talking to me just about the um, the wholehearted nature of, of, the, of Shropshire folk and that kind of what you draw you drew you here. Um, I mean, that's kind of why I do what I do with the biscuit, really. I mean, I... I I kind of moved to Shrewsbury um, in 2000 and late 2017 and I felt hard in love with the town and that's that's why I do this show to sort of learn about Shrewsbury learn about the people of Shrewsbury and give something back while I do it you know because it's that's wonderful yeah, yeah. we're very lucky <laughs> it's, it's beautiful um, so the, the vice lord lieutenant what is the role of the lord lieutenant and then we'll talk about your role as well well, the Lord Lieutenant's role is to represent the Queen within the ceremonial county of Shropshire. So that includes the area managed by Shropshire Council and also the area managed by Telford and Reeking Council. Mm -hmm. um, but as the Queen's representative, um, she's here and tries to support people, um, recognise those who are doing well, comforting those who are not doing quite so well. Um, and uh, it's up to her, um, Mrs Turner, Anna Turner, 
whether or not she appoints a vice lord lieutenant, um, she's allowed to appoint, um, I think, one deputy lieutenant per 35,000 in, in the county. Um, and from amongst the deputies, if she wishes, she can appoint a vice lord lieutenant. Um, her predecessor, Sir Algie Heber Percy, uh, appointed me in 2017, um, simply because I think he liked my approach. Um, I've never asked him why he asked, <laughs> why he asked me to take on the job. <laughs> and um, he retired uh, a couple of years ago, and Anna took over and reappointed me. So um, I serve as the vice, and in the event that something happened that required the Lord Lieutenant to do something whilst he or she were indisposed or out of the country, um, I would step in. Okay. That's cool. I mean, big responsibility, though, isn't it? To land on your doorstep all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm going on holiday. Um, here you go, Mark. Is is what I need you to do this, this, and this, and this. Yeah. We 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 discuss it, and if she's going away, I know of her dates and roughly where she's going. And um, no, it, it all it all sort of works. And uh, so far, it's ticked over very nicely indeed. And uh, we 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 form with all the deputies a very good team, in my opinion. I think mm. it works pretty well. Um, I of course came across you because. Um, the amazing Dean Harris, who is indeed, uh, who's just the high sheriff, um, and I gotta say, um, a lot of people that have worked with her have had high remarks about her and, and what she did, and what she still continues to do. And step, as she, after she stepped away from her role as well, which is fantastic. Where is this role taking you? What, what have you been uh, your your proudest moments as, as the vice lord lieutenant? Oh crikey, um, that's that's a difficult one. Um, uh, I've represented the the Lord Lieutenant on a few occasions, um, but most often it's a it's a a local event in which sort of the community wants a, a dignitary and a, a, a representative of the Crown, and I, I've deputised. Um, proudest moment um, actually precedes my time, I think, as even being a deputy lieutenant, um, and that was helping to organise. Excuse me, that's a dog <laughs> leaping onto my lap. Um, Dogs are welcome on the business. <laughs> two two spaniels on the on the bench alongside me now. Um, <laughs> no, the proudest moment I think was stumbling into the plans for Her Majesty's visit to the county in 2012, um, and the then Vice Lord Lieutenant, a good friend of mine, uh, Colonel Edmund Thules, um stumbled on the fact that I had just left the army and was looking for something to do. And uh, oh, forgive me, there's a phone going. It's fine. it's fine. And lo and behold, it is indeed the Lord Lieutenant. Okay, cool. We'll accept it if that's all right. Yeah, of course. Please do. Okay, we're back. Uh, we took the phone call there from the... That's, that's crazy, isn't it? We were talking about the Lord Lieutenant, and just as if she knew she, we were talking about her, phone call goes and we have a conversation with her. That's fantastic. Um, so what were we talking about? Just You did just tell me. You'd asked me about my proudest moment as yes, the Vice Lord Lieutenant. Right, yeah. And um, I think... And indeed, I talk, talked about it just there with Anna, and the, the proudest moment I've got in my connection with the lieutenancy was assisting in the visit of the Queen uh, to celebrate her jubilee at Ari of Cosford in 2012. Amazing. Um, I stumbled into that episode. Um, I had a little bit of free time, and um, Colonel Edmund Thules, my predecessor as Vice Lord Lieutenant, uh, recognised that he needed some help. Um, he kept talking about it as running logistics, and I always used to fight shy of saying I could run logistics, but I've done a fair <laughs> bit of that in my life. Um, and I found myself over the next uh, week or two, it was one day per week, and then it stepped up to two days per week, and then it was three days per week, and before I knew it, I was trying to find an eighth day in the week. Um, yeah, no, and it was like... a hugely <laughs> busy series of, of weeks and months. 
but we ended up with 35,000 children and many more in the way of adults, somewhere over 40,000 people altogether, um, marching down the runway at Cosford, um, endeavouring to give an eyes right to the Queen and to the Duke of Edinburgh. Um, one or two of the children had to be pointed out, sort of, oh, there's the Queen, mm. and then they would divert from the marching route and try to climb onto the Queen's lap. Mm. Um, and it was a, it was a wonderful event, um, at the end of which um, uh, Edmund Thules uh, was saying farewell to the Duke of Edinburgh, who, who turned around to thank him for the visit, and um, uh, he said, it's not quite the trooping of the colour, is it, Edmund? <laughs> and... Um, that, I think, is about as good a compliment as you get from, from the Duke of Edinburgh, as you, you would have got. Um, and, uh, <laughs> no, it was, uh, and, and I remember meeting the Duke once again, um, some months later, and he spotted the name Shropshire in connection with uh, my, my, my purpose on that occasion. And he then dived deeply into that visit and his memories of it. He had clearly remembered the day and enjoyed it. And, and for me, that was a hugely proud moment that I had contributed to something that had worked so well in the memory of, yeah, of mean, him. I imagine something of that order would be a, 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 like a logistical nightmare, you know, everything's got to work. And it to, was quite to, a challenge. To, <laughs> pu to pull it off, I mean, that's quite, yeah, I can see why you'd, you'd think fondly about it. Sorry, I'm going to move my keys, I dig it into my, the loudest things in the world, I'm going to rip out my pocket and out the podcast. Um, yeah, so you've, you're involved deeply, so... The vice lord lieutenant, uh, on a weekly basis, is, is it a case of um, keeping a profile of of, shoot, of Shropshire, making sure people understand the good parts of you know being being a PR representative, I guess. To to an extent, that's true of the lieutenancy as a whole, um, and it's certainly something that the lord lieutenant is personally engaged in. Um, I find myself doing quite a lot in in support of that effort. Um, and I look after, for example, I chair the panel within the county for the Queen's Award for Voluntary Service. Mm -hmm. um, and I find myself dealing with a lot of correspondence. So a lot of it's office-based and email-based, um, communicating with people who have won or might win or might wish to apply for the scheme. And um, I find myself doing a great deal with other deputies and some volunteers, including Dean Harris, um, who's joined our panel relatively recently and is already, in typical Dean fashion, energetically committing herself to it. Um, and it's enormous fun, uh, and it's very humbling as well, because it enables me to meet people around the county that otherwise I would not meet, and to see volunteers doing good things for the community in an extraordinary range of, of, of activities. Yeah, I mean, this place is rich with with people just out there, just caught great community Good deeds, you know. I mean, Absolutely. last week I got to meet um, Casper, who's a street allotment guy, um, who's doing he's the back of the Monkmore pub, a bit of disused land, and he's created a community allotment. Um, these great things that you get to go out and see. I just, I just love it. It's so good. Um, when we spoke, uh, we had a meeting about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we spoke about the Queen's Award for Voluntary Service. Um, this you're heavily deeply involved with that. Is that right? Indeed, indeed. As I just mentioned, it's um, yes. I chair the panel and. Um, there's not a, a week goes by when I haven't had some business and some weeks it's several days work and some stages of the year, the end of last year, partly because of the COVID pandemic, um, I found myself carrying a heavier load than normal and it was pretty much sort of six hours a day for most days of the week. Mm. So um, it was fairly intensive at, at certain times of the year. 
Yeah, it was. Um, we covered a lot of, of charities and things that were having to adapt during during the pandemic, um, because obviously we couldn't. People couldn't go out to do fundraisers and they couldn't raise money in, in the old traditional way of mm. uh, putting up a tent in there, some festival somewhere, and be like, "Give us money!" You yeah. know, you can't stand in the town square and do these great things. But um, how was that for you during the pandemic, trying to find out these uh, these shining stars? That do well, the challenge we had was that. Um, the nomination process runs with a deadline every September um, when any member of the community can nominate a charity or charitable cause for an award. I say any member can nominate. Um, those who are members or, on, or, or working within the charity cannot nominate themselves. Um, <laughs> but those who have been beneficiaries of such a cause can nominate. So they can mm -hmm. say what a wonderful thing I have received from the activity of, of these people. Um, and there are some limitations. Um, animal welfare charities are, are uh, excluded. Um, it's got to be principally volunteer um, activity, and in particular volunteer-led. Um, it's not to say that some cannot have some of their work conducting overseas or benefiting overseas, but it's got to be a local charity um, led by volunteers, mostly working with volunteers in order to do good for the community in a local context. Mm -hmm. um, is this just charities or is there a CIC? CICs are eligible. Um, any Anything, frankly, that is essentially volunteer and charitable, um, apart from those that I've just mentioned, um, is eligible. So it could be a group of charitable volunteers mm -hmm. who aren't actually registered as a charity, so they don't go through the audit process, but they conduct work that is positive. Uh, and, and, and one such um, comes to mind. Um, the uh, Shropshire War Memorial Association, which is a, a very small group of people, um, and uh, as Clive Blakeway is, is, is the team leader, they won an award uh, three years ago, I think it was. Um, it's a handful of people who promote the maintenance and assist in the maintenance of war memorials, um, sometimes amending the details because a soldier has been found to have been excluded accidentally omitted from the engraving of a, of a stone or maybe uh, they're expanding the focus of a stone that was laid after the First World War and they want mm -hmm. to include post-First World War or maybe Second World War or even more recent conflicts and uh, Clive and his team will get involved in the scrutiny of the case um, and in the engagement of uh, engravers and, and all of that sort of work um, to, to provide positive memories and lasting tribute to those who've lost their lives. What a beautiful thing to do. And, and they're not a registered charity, uh, nor are they a CIC. It's simply a small group of volunteers. And, you know, I, I, I'm starting to see... I've been a CIC, the Biscuit has, since the beginning... No, it was the end of last year. Uh, we haven't done anything with it yet. We haven't started taking money in. There's space to be sponsored, but it's not my biggest priority. My biggest priority is highlighting some of the, the, the shows that we do, you know. Um, and I, I'm doing a 24-hour live podcast in September, and I'm trying to get. Um, it's going to be crazy. We're going to do 12 hours of uh, the Shoes of Biscuit and 12 hours of You Suck, which is the transatlantic podcast network I've got. And uh, we're looking for donations for the the auctions. Uh, we're going to do some auctions and raise some okay. money for Lincoln Davis. It's going to be quite cool. Um, and um, trying to get things from big places we wrote to a couple of like theme parks and zoos and things like that, just for tickets just to see what we can get and uh, a lot of them come back and they're like well you're not a registered charity mm -hmm. and i'm like 
I know, but we're doing it for charity. <laughs> you kind of fall into the cracks yes, that way. Yes. It's, not, it's not easy. Yeah. Oh, indeed. And uh, it's understandable that they've got some sort of due diligence yes. process and yes, they want to check that the well, cause Tom, is... Dick, or Harry could be like, Tom. Exactly right. <laughs> and as we know, there are some Tom, Dixon, and Harry that are out there doing just that. Yeah, so. exactly, exactly. And that's a good question. So that leads us on to how do you find the people that, you know, there's got to be, is there a... a, a, a a vetting process for charities to make sure they're kosher? There is indeed. Um, the nomination form, um, generally, people will submit a nomination online. There's a qavs.gov.uk, I, I think it is, we could check that, um, website. And the nomination form is really quite, quite straightforward. Um, the team with which I work um, is very adept at helping uh, completion of these nomination forms because it's important that one gets good solid evidence in there about the good that's being done and the hours that are being worked and the nature of the work um, and that ought to be elucidated properly within the nomination form uh, once the deadline has been passed uh, in typically the middle of September the panel in London the the, the governing body for the QAVS scheme uh, led by Sir Martin Lewis um, will report back to us and say, we've had these nominations and they are eligible and they've gone through that check of is it is it le led by volunteers or not, or does that appear to be the case in the nomination form uh, in terms of its numbers, its makeup, uh, its role, um, and they will say whether or not it's eligible. Uh, and uh, in the event that it is eligible, we are then asked, the lieutenancy, to conduct scrutiny. And so we go through that due diligence check. So we look to see the accounts. Um, is there an insurance policy in place? Uh, is it in fact doing what it says it does in the nomination form? Um, is it led by a volunteer rather than by a professional? Um, and so on. And so between um, probably the first or second week of October when we're told which groups are have been nominated, some of whom we've never heard about, um, and uh, we get a list in and we then get a copy of the nomination form, um, we review the supporting letters, of which there must be two, um, and um, we go out and conduct visits. And uh, that was one of the challenges we had last year with the pandemic, of course, because of course, the yeah. visits were mm -hmm. much more difficult. Uh, we actually did a lot more work remotely. But nonetheless, we did it in such a way that I was confident we were reporting facts rather than... Did that create more noise for you? More work for you? Well, it, was, it was very busy indeed, yes. That's really the reason why my lot, October, November, December, and even into January this year, um, were was very hard work. Yes. And you can't exactly be like, oh, sorry, I can't get to the office today. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't a question of the office, but it was my computer in my study at home. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had the similar problem. We were stuck in a place where we, the Wi-Fi wasn't great and we were having to operate via Zoom to record our interviews and stuff. It was, um, yeah, it was definitely strengthening uh, period. Yeah. I say, yeah, very robust after doing that. Um, how do you how do you keep on top of everything? Because obviously there's there's something new. There's some some new scheme or some new initiative every year. There's got to be a couple. Yes, and you've got to keep on top of it. All some drop out, some come near. Like how? well, that's absolutely true. And uh, we do our utmost to promote the scheme. Um, and as a county, I'm delighted to say, I'm very proud to say that uh, Shropshire scores very highly on a per capita basis with the rest of the country. Mm -hmm. we're, we're always in the top um, top half dozen and often in the top two or three counties uh, in terms of numbers um, other than the big cities in terms of winners, certainly in the, in the per capita listing. Um, but we 
We're always looking out for new good causes. Um, so through the pandemic, we have used uh, a bit of video conferencing through through a community scheme um, to give briefings to potential candidates and to potential nominators. Um, uh, and historically, um, we've gone out to village halls and we've presented a, a little bit of a lecture, an hour or two on this is what the scheme is all about and trying to generate a bit of enthusiasm for it. Good. And good. I think I think mostly it has worked. But yeah. um, I'm delighted to be talking to you because we might have a few more found. Yes. Um, and uh, this is this is the beauty of what I do. We make relationships with people, like, you know, for example, like Dean Harris, uh, like, you know, um, uh, Shropshire festivals, uh, like the people that can um, hook us up with other people and this is what we want to do um, and you know wh when we talk about the, the, the Queen's Award uh, for voluntary the Queen's Award for voluntary service um, what is it what do you win <laughs> what do you win uh, two elements um, the well in fact three in, re in many respects the first is a cause for celebration to which the Lord Lieutenant will normally go um, and she will meet the volunteers and congratulate them on the work they've done so that's in some sense is the best bit because it's it's exciting um, and entertaining um, and fun for those who are able to participate. But at that event, um, the Lord Lieutenant will hand across two items, um, two awards to the charity, excuse me, that's my little spaniel. Um, <laughs> one of which is a crystal trophy engraved with the logo of the Queen's Award. Um, and the second is a certificate signed by Her Majesty and those um, can then be taken home by the group leaders usually to their office their, wherever it is that they center their operation um, and they're then permitted to use the logo on their website their publicity and um, so in many respects that last little bit which seems to be an intangible permission to use the logo permission to use the um, the, the, the label uh, is an immensely positive attribute, and you talked about earlier on the sort of trying to distinguish a good cause from the any Tom, yes, Dick and Harry. Course, yeah. um, there are quite a few of those who have won, um, and one that comes to mind is the um, Shrewsbury and Newport Canal Trust. Mm -hmm. uh, they've been able to show, using the logo and the, and the award, uh, the merits of their organisation. And sometimes they've subsequently had grants of 10 or £20,000 from, from other yeah. organization so there is a cash benefit for some of the I won't say all but when you're using the logo wisely and you're doing good work and you're continuing with that good work it's a sign of quality it's a it? sign of quality absolutely it's yeah. quality assurance fantastic and uh, you know you talk about past winners um, are, there ever, are there any that spring to mind that you're extremely proud of that you'd like to mention oh well I'm I'm, I'm proud of all of them of course, um, of course. and uh, the, the spectrum is very wide I've mentioned the Canal Trust. Those are people who are of all abilities. Um, so they've got uh, people with reduced mobility running their website and their media program. Um, but then they've got other folk, uh, including children in a controlled environment, so they are safe, properly managed by people who are accredited. Um, but they're digging out canal banks in order to restore the route that was created to support the the industrial revolution mm -hmm. so physical hard work in the case of that particular um, uh, good cause uh, aiming ultimately to um, create improve the route by which boats could navigate through Shropshire 
Um, yeah. But equally, restoring people, our heritage, restoring a heritage, uh, acknowledging that heritage, teaching people about it. But equally, opening up a walking route along the towpath or cycling route mm-hmm. for, those, for those. Benefit those. So many. the benefit is absolutely huge. Um, another that comes to mind is one of one of the local good causes here, the uh, Knockin and Kennelly Cricket Club. Um, well, we've got a lot of cricket clubs in Shropshire. We've got a lot of cricket clubs across the country. What makes that particular club worthy of of an award from the Queen? Um, and it's this: not only do they play cricket. But they coach youngsters, they introduce youngsters to team games and to working together and to um, conducting sport as a team. And I I remember going along to the scrutiny, the assessment before that award, um, and one of the uh, people says, we we take in youngsters, and some of them are only five or six, but we take in young people of all abilities. And then the chap said, oh, and thinking about it, we take in some too of no ability whatsoever but we just give them a sense of fun and sense of spirit. We try to develop them. And I, I think that description will have struck a chord in the assessment team in London. Um, that it's oh, not just those who can, but they're supporting those who can't. Um, and, and they just don't distinguish between the two. They help and coach to the best of each one's ability. The very fact that they recognise that as, as something very important is because, mm. you know, a lot of people don't. And yeah. I think that's great. I forgot those low, low-flying helicopters around here as well. I remember from when I was a kid. Well, that's Nestcliff, isn't it? That's yeah, course, um, military yeah. helicopters from Shawbury, all training. <laughs> I remember trying to shout battle commands when they were flying over. <laughs> it's not easy. A fifteen-year-old kid trying, just the, trying to find his voice. The best air crew in the world, that lot. Yeah, I mean, they they pretty much need to try to take our berets off and then come over. You know, they, they're playing that low. Um, this is all very fascinating. So, what have you got for us this year? What what's been, what's the competition been like this year? Uh, well, we had a few runners, and I'm delighted to say um, that we had four winners, uh, which is a good score by any year, um, by any reckoning. Um, one of them is the Red House over at Albrighton, the Albrighton Village Trust, um, nice. doing remarkable things. Not. As not just before the pandemic, but through the pandemic. So volunteers uh, are picking up medication for um, people who couldn't otherwise get to the to the dispensary, uh, deli- delivering food um, from to ensure that single elderly folk have been able to get their nutrition, and otherwise they might not have been able to do it. Oh, nice! And um, but it's just a really good local charity delivering local good for the community. Um, we've got the Bright Star Boxing Academy, um, again using sport, using physical fitness, um, again with a mixture of abilities. Um, but through the pandemic, when they had to close down, respect the, the safety factors about breath and touch and all the rest of it, they managed to go online and, and continue to encourage the improvement of, of, um, of fitness and team spirit, um, and whilst boxing might not be overtly something about team spirit, but there's a camaraderie, there is um, in social enthusiasm, social interaction in that activity. Of course, yeah. And so the Bright Star Boxing Academy, um, led by a chap called Joe Lockley in, uh, in Telford, has done wonderful things there, and they're properly recognised. Um, might get in touch with them, sounds great. Oh, they're certainly worth an interview. Uh, the Shrewsbury Food Hub is another winner. Um, I love these guys. I've, they've been on my show. I've been to the Food Hub to take part and sort of. I did. I recorded a vlog and helped out. And I said, "Oh, don't worry. I'll, I'll be back by to help out and volunteer." And I haven't had time, and I feel so guilty about that. But 
They are fantastic. Well, I know that they will look forward to another visit. But <laughs> uh, and I forget the detailed figures, but I went through the assessment forms in, in, in the autumn last year. And the simple volume of food that they move and, tra and transport and store is remarkable. Yes. And again, they are serving a community that otherwise might not have the sustenance. It's a trend needs. across the country as well. There's a lot yeah. of um, other th food hubs um, that Absolutely. are looking at. You know. But the great challenge with us for the Queen's Award and Voluntary Service is making sure that we identify those that really are the best and are worthy mm. of the award. There are many, many people who are worthy of commendation. Yes. Um, and I take my hat off to every one of them. But to get across the, the, the line with some distinct metrics that say why this particular cause is special. Um, and for that, I have to commend the folk of the Shrewsbury Food Hub. Absolutely remarkable people. Yes. Yeah. And then finally, our fourth winner this year is the Shrewsbury Drapers Company, um, which is a, a long established, centuries old organisation, uh, providing um, on a, using voluntary resources um, housing for disadvantaged people uh, many of whom are elderly and um, it's uh, again a remarkable charity um, and, and, and worth a visit actually. I've, I've put exclamation marks by all of these because I definitely want to I think this is what we could do I think every year maybe just to help the cause and just even if like 40 50 people listen to a podcast they're learning about these new charities and they might actually absolutely have some input, input to it so maybe everybody's been read out today i might reach out today when i get home uh maybe tomorrow actually yeah. i'll busy day and see if we can get you on the show to speak to you to, to the, 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 these amazing charities that could be one of the rewards you get to come on the shoes <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> absolutely but i mean looking looking back through previous years that the, the uh, the range of good causes is extraordinary. Um, the Newport Agricultural Show uh, last year, one of one last year's winners, um, not just running an agricultural show, and of course that's been impacted by the pandemic, but um, managing uh, rural land for the benefit of the community throughout the year. Um, and uh, another one was the, the Friends of Telford Town Park, people <laughs> sorting out the gardens um, yeah, and creating a really worthy attraction um, in um, people who don't know where Telford is, don't know what Telford is, um, to actually stumble across the fact that there is a large town very park large. and it's very welcoming indeed, uh, largely down to volunteer activity with just a little bit of, of council support, but uh, and I wouldn't wish to diminish that, but nonetheless substantially volunteer-led in, in what this organisation does. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I spent many years there as a kid, so <laughs> just to hear that there's a lot of voluntary work that goes on to make that, yeah, uh, yeah fantastic. Well, I, I think, I think this award is great because I, a lot of people that put together charities and volunteer for these great schemes, they don't do it for an award. No. They, they do it. For, no. There's no. It's all selfless, right? So yeah. for someone to go, actually, do you know what? You deserve something, yes, and I'm going to decide for you because you're not going to stand up and be like, "I want an award," because that's yep. not what people do. Um, th this is this is awesome. Mm. I think it's fantastic. So, yeah. Um, what do you? What, what's the challenges for you? What's the hardest thing? Is it? I guess choosing a winner is that? Hard well, it's not for me to choose the winner. Um, all of the nominations that come to us, um, some of whom, of course, we are not aware of until London suddenly tells us that one of your organizations has been has been nominated and uh, it comes as a surprise to us um it's always good to go out and find the volunteers who've made it work 
Um, but one then has to tease out the information to present evidence, um, to make sure that metrics actually stand up, um, and to make sure there are metrics in the evidence that goes to London. It's, it's no good just saying that an organisation is unique, because that rings alarm bells. Mm. If it's unique, there's only one. And um, as soon as an assessor in London reads that word, they'll say, oh, I can prove otherwise. And they'll go out of their way to do just that. And as soon as they've done it, they will then say, well, actually, what are the flaws in the rest of the evidence? So um, it's a word that I'll never use in the, uh, in the nomination forms when I see them, or I'd advise against using them in nomination forms. Um, if I see it myself, I'll challenge it. But I went, I'll use it as a cue to look for evidence in order to build up the case if I can. Um, and ultimately, there are occasions when, in our local assessment, we might actually have to say, Toby, sorry, but this nomination doesn't quite stack up and we don't want to advance it. Yeah. I can't actually remember doing it, but it's a consideration that we go through every single time when we're discussing an assessment. I mean, um, when it comes to charities, sometimes unique is a good thing. Um, and the one I think of is PEGS. Um, PEGS is a support charity um, and it's it's basically offers uh, a mediatorship for um, domestic abuse but it's for parents that struggle with domestic abuse from their kids it's like flips it on its head oh really and this was one thing that people never really thought of they were like oh actually it's not a bad point now what's happened with PEGS is there's lots of people around the country interested in what's actually happening and um, yeah, sometimes unique is good, but when they start a trend and like you said, oh, so this is unique, but lots of people are learning from it. That is where what's important, isn't yeah, it? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So, quite. Uh, and you mentioned the people in London, and that's a really important point as well because it's been highlighted to me this year um, that London and the rest of the UK are two very different planets. They, they, they exist completely separately yes. because um, something that happens in London is kind of, oh, yeah, okay. Well, that's a, uh, You're absolutely it. right. Yeah. I remember when I first served in um, as a soldier in Copthorne Barracks, I was commuting to the Salisbury area every weekend on a motorcycle. And during that time, um, there was a report published in national media and it, it divided Britain into two parts. It was London and the rest. <laughs> and Doesn't surprise me. their map showed a line from the Wash to Bristol and down to the, to the Channel. Um, it said everything south of that is London and Greater London. Everything north of that is the rest. And I thought to myself, I cross that line every week, twice. And I, can, I couldn't actually say where that line is on the map as I travel down the M5 or down one of the other routes towards Oxford and further south. But I was able to distinguish a difference in the way in which the traffic functioned and people south of that line tended to not to give way at junctions. They tended not to wave people on. Um, a little MG midget going past there. That's nice. Right. Yeah. That's um, the people north of that line had a wee bit more courtesy, and uh, it was that was part of the thought process that I went through, having already stumbled on Shropshire and, and loving Shropshire folk generally. Um, but I thought actually. There are other parts in the north that are probably quite tall, in the relative north, that are that are very nice, but yes, you London do is a big it. place. You do notice it. When you walk around London, people got heads down, they're, they're A to B as quick as they can. Uh, you walk through somewhere like Shrewsbury, they're walking over Greyfriars Bridge, and they're like, they're looking around, they're taking yeah. pictures, how's it going, good and morning. And they're routinely talking to people. He's yeah. a gre <laughs> greet a stranger with good morning, good afternoon, or, sort of, or just a wave, and it's, um, it's a good thing. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, I, especially when it comes to what I do with podcasts, it's um, it's hard to stand out when you're not in London, you're not there with the 
the, the core of what's going on in this media. Um, and my friend Amber Ginley was speaking to um, the person, her name, I don't mention her name, but she runs Spotify for the whole of the UK. So she's like the executive at Spotify. And he mentioned me and uh, he, she, he mentioned what I do and she was alarmed. She was like, he does what? A, a community-based podcast and, and it's outside of London. It's doing really well. Okay. So th- she's gone, ding, uh, I need to speak to Alex Whiteley. And I'm like, I'm going to be speaking to who now? What? Why? Um, and that's because you can, you can stand out. And it's very easy to do that in Shropshire because, like you said, we've got a very, I mean, I'm not, not saying that Cheshire doesn't have it or, you know, up, up north, they don't, they're very welcoming, you know. Um, but it's, it's uh, it says something when you can stand out and that's the point isn't it yes yes you indeed. know um there was there was a point there i was coming building up to um what do you like to do to relax and when you're not thinking about this what, what is your thing what oh do you gosh. like to do to um a little bit old cars um yeah. i've got a couple of old cars in my shed at home um one of which in fact i drove last weekend for a wedding um she's 90 years old this year a 1931 daimler wow um, big old vehicle that she is but uh, enormous fun um takes a little bit of managing um so that's one of the hobbies um just enjoying the countryside um working dogs um nice. bit of reading i sort of i try to try to read a bit more and tend to pick up books and put them down to one side and i'm distracted by something else or a, um, I need to read more. I do need to read more, and I, like it's the same with, I enjoy listening to a good podcast or yes. a good book or something. Yes. But I am so busy making podcasts that I can't. You can't listen to, to them. Yeah, I understand <laughs> that. I understand like, that. Today's yes, been crazy. Yes, yes. Uh, tomorrow we're, uh, we're going to be doing the open studio sessions uh, where we're going to set up at Petty Glue, which is the new wine bar up at the top of the market hall, right. and we're going to speak to four or five people. The mic's open. Come and sit down if you want to speak Fantastic. to me. Fantastic. Well, there to are do. plenty of people around us here at the Royal Hill. You could try that now as well. <laughs> I would love to do that. I mean, this <laughs> uh, this setup is so universal. I've got tables and stuff. We can literally set up in a field if we wanted to. So I'd love to do something yeah. like that. Um, and um, Dilwyn from Sabrina Boat, he offered me, they've got a little pontoon, little, little boat thing they can yes. take out. He's offered me that as a studio as well. Um, so what's the uh, so you you guys have chosen the winners? Is there going to be an award ceremony soon then for these? Um, we have yet to plan it. Um, I mean, the date of our recording, we've actually um, we're before the public announcement, so it's only after the second of June that we will um, be commuting communicating a little bit more strongly with those. Uh, the, the four groups do know their leadership know already that they've won, but we will start thinking about how we conduct an award ceremony. Last year. Because of the pandemic, we constructed um, what might have been part of the Shropshire Virtual Show, but ultimately we sort of, um, which was of course a, a great success. I was there. Sound right. I was there. Um, but we had uh, five winners last year, and we gathered them all in to the um, Cavalier Centre in Much Wenlock, uh, and we had a used the horse riding centre uh, to provide a socially distant, mostly masked um, presentation in which we were able to spread out and congratulate all five. Fantastic. Um, and, the, and that was unusual because we normally go to the winners and it's very f- much focused on the volunteers of the winners, of the one winning volunteer team that we're with at the time. On this particular occasion, we had five volunteer groups and so each heard a little bit about the others. And um, it spread good word, actually. It was, but it was a fun evening and I, I'm, I'm eternally grateful to um, 
the organisers of that event um, at the Cavalier Centre, um, I which itself does wonderful work. I Absolutely love it there. Fantastic. We were at the Shropshire Virtual Show. We were the hosts there. We were on yeah. the on the okay. screen, and I was on the stage. It's so embarrassing. I love uh, Anna, who, who planned that, um, and the Cavalier Centre, of course. But it's also one of the most embarrassing moments ever. I was on stage, so we were, we were like bringing on the bands and what have you, and I closed off the show with... Uh, thank you very much. This has been the Shrewsbury Virtual Show. And it wasn't, of course. It was the Shropshire Virtual Show. But I, I went out with Shropshire. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise till I saw the footage back. And I was like, oh my God, what an no idiot. Indeed. Not an idiot. Well, if it's any comfort, we had a flag made up some years ago. And it was actually for the Queen's visit we talked about earlier on in 2012. <laughs> um, and um, we had a, a banner created to celebrate the Queen's award. And somehow inadvertently that was produced with the word Shrewsbury rather than Shropshire so. <laughs> <laughs> well somebody asked me why my logo has got the Shropshire flag in it as well is Shrewsbury in Shropshire yeah of course it is yeah. so we're, we're, we're technically not in Shrewsbury it's got an SY postcode but this isn't Shrewsbury I don't know how that works but it's kind of true we're um, not very far from Wales <laughs> no no and um, so we like to get out and about this is a prime example of where um, what we're doing here affects the whole of the county and I want to say thank you for coming on my show and I'd love to invite you on again I'm sometime. delighted I'm delighted to do this one and delighted to come again if you wish yes yeah um, it'd be awesome I'll tell you what would be great is if um, maybe possibly we could invite you maybe the Lord Lieutenant to join us on our 24 hour podcast yeah good plan good plan that might be quite nice actually. yes 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 um, because it's going to be a worldwide event yes. international um it's going to be live which is daunting but it's going to be Ooh. very much relaxed like this um yes. and yes that's a good way to segue into telling you guys about this event that we're going to be doing on the 29th of september at 9 a.m i'm going to go live uh to d- we're going to be uh situated at the um Shrewsbury town community reach Hub. Yes. Uh, so thank you guys for letting us use that commu- uh, that venue. We're going to be there for 24 hours. We're going to go live. We're not going to stop until 9 a.m. on the 30th of September, which coincides wow. with International Podcast Day. The guys over at International Podcast Day in LA love what we're doing. They're going to be there. They're going to come on our show. We are speaking to one of the the fight. We got uh, so we've got so many great acts confirmed already. One of them is the best face painter on the planet. <laughs> Rachel Roll, she's going to be there. Uh, we've got um, so much going on, but what we need from you guys is we need that we're going to start taking um, sponsorships. So if you want to sponsor an hour for that uh, show, we've got t- uh, twenty-four to fill. Um, the the price is a minimum of fifty pound donation, and we will put your logo on the screen, and we'll be like, this hour is brought to you by such and such uh, so please get in touch with me and you can get in touch with me by the website which is the shrewsburybiscuitpodcast.co.uk and there is a form there where you can fill in to get in touch with us we'd love to hear off, hear from you there's been people that have been offering sponsorship already so get in there is there anything you would like to plug is there anything that you'd like to tell I people about I've just got to say how much I've enjoyed this last um, however many number of minutes it is an hour or whatever it is and uh, no it's really good to meet you and uh, wish you the best of luck and no, uh, I've put the 29th of September in my diary yes I will we'll talk about it afterwards I might have a, I might actually have that point actually <laughs> uh, <laughs> we've done this a bit earlier than I expected I've got an hour to burn so we're good um, thank you very much guys and uh, we will catch you oh i forgot to mention as well our website is made by web orchard make sure if you need a website go to web orchard i got uh, distracted then um so just as we were about to order food uh, on the back of that podcast and mark is like let's order some food it's like, oh you should really speak to kelly from the from the royal hill so we have there's a microphone here for you sitting hello, right in front hello, of it yes. <laughs> um so the royal hill um how i've just been uh, alerted to the fact that you you started this during 
you became yeah on the 1st of July we took over so um, we were in lockdown and then we came out of lockdown on the 4th of July um, and then yeah it was straight into it it was into unknown territory but uh, we got through it and with local support really helped us through it it's one of the most beautiful places you could put a pub ever <laughs> it really is quite beautiful um, but you were, you've been here for many years, right, before you became the proprietor? Yeah, I started off washing up when I was like 14, many years ago. Um, yeah, and then now... So you did... Wow, that's amazing. So you've, you've really worked your way up to become... <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I remember my first shift <laughs> in the sink, yeah. <laughs> Piles of washing up and just, you know, thinking, what am I doing here? <laughs> So what is it about this place that's sort of kept you here then? What, what's so special about this place? I mean, this place is certainly special and it's like a hidden a secret as well. But my family are, are locals anyway. Um, but um, I just like the countryside um, and everything. You know, it's, it's a real nice place. I was uh, blown away driving in here. I was just telling Mark, uh, I was as soon as you hit, see, you come around the corner. I haven't driven around here since I was a kid, and I don't even remember all of this. But I came around the corner, saw those hills. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and you must get a lot of people that are out travelling, ramblers, uh, people out on their bikes. Yeah, because we're on a cycle route as well, mm. and then obviously we've got the hills around us. But people just come here and they just, you know, they drive around a corner, and it's just like, wow. Mm. And you know, people are happy that you know, and then. We try and do good food, good beer, you know. We are just, you know, we're just a pub. Um, so what's the ratio of locals to, to sort of people that are out and about? What's the, so you I mean, we do have a, a, a massive local crowd here, to be fair. Um, I don't know, maybe 50-50. Is MOD, MOD base help? Is yeah, we get a lot of people from the army camp as well. Mm -hmm. uh, they're very, they're very good. <laughs> and the helicopters are always going around as well, which is great. And, uh, yeah... Uh, they support us as well very much. I see a good, a good pub over there. We'll go there after we've had our flight. <laughs> Just imagine. <laughs> um, so coming out, of, coming out of lockdown, it must have been so difficult for you. I mean, I've spoken to so many dis uh, businesses that were really badly affected by lockdown. Um, but this is your moment to shine. You'd waited years for this. Well, that must have been ho really horrible for you, right? Yeah, but we've got to look at the positives. Like. We are a very um, outdoorly pub. We've got a great, you know, beer garden and stuff, and we can see a vast majority of, you know, people outside. And people like to be outside because they're by the river, the mm, countryside. Yeah, so we are quite fortunate, really. We were one of the lucky ones, I would say, of having such a good beer garden and views. Yeah, I mean, the guys, that, if you're listening to this, you can't see, obviously, what we're talking about right now. If you've never been here before, the, the tables are very socially distanced outside. They run along. And what's down the steps there? Is there more tables and yeah, chairs? Yeah, there's there? more, just, uh, uh, yeah. There's more tables uh, down there. And then the River Seven. And, and then, then the River Seven, yes. Is that a problem for you, the River Seven? <laughs> does it, it get that high here? Um, it does get high. Um, it gets to that first post there on wow. the road. Um, so the, the road's all flooded. Um, but it's it's beautiful but sometimes it can be your enemy as well um but uh, it it gives us good views and you know the canoeists and stuff mm, but yeah. sometimes with it flooding it does cause us a mm. bit of stress but i've never been more <laughs> conscious about rainfall since i moved to shrewsbury i tell you whenever it rains i'm like oh no <laughs> <laughs> i think about the river levels and you know i've spoken to so many people that were just devastated during those lot uh, those floods before before the pandemic that still haven't recovered mm. And then, there, of course, there was the pandemic. 
Um, yeah, it's amazing. So, like, you've had, you've had a unique st- step uh, into yeah. this because you've you've seen it all. You've progressed through this. So you've not. not some people will buy a business or become a proprietor of a business, and they won't know what it's like to work their way up. But you do. Do you think that helps you a lot? I think it does. And like, you know, you can see every every aspect of each person's job you know like I started in the kitchen I trained into the kitchen I trained to be the chef so I understand what the chef's going through on a stressful Saturday night mm-hmm. and I understand you know the bar stuff as well going through you know um, but I think with the pandemic I think it's it's gave us challenges yeah. that now if it had if it came again it, it wouldn't seem such a big challenge mm-hmm. so we've gone through the hardest time you know and uh, I think the future could be bright, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, feel, I think positive. so too. I said at the beginning, of, uh, it's probably my fault all of this that keeps reoccurring, by the way, because I said last year, oh, 2021 is going to be the party year. Everybody's <laughs> going to be going and there'll be festivals and everybody will be out there and this thing keeps plaguing us and, the, oh, you know, there's rumours of lockdown three, whether it's going to happen or not, but I feel like we're kind of, I don't know if it's a good thing, but we're kind of used to it now, aren't we? Yeah. It's kind of something that we're just used to. And oh. I think there's a lot to be learned uh, about the pandemic as well. You know, we've learned stuff and even in our business, you know, like waitress service, it's so much more convenient for us. Um, you know, before it was just, we didn't do waitress service, but now we do because of the social distancing. And it kind of works better. The flow of, mm. of the service is so much better. It's more of a calm organized yeah you know uh, pub if that makes sense yeah. whereas before you had like you know canoes coming in you had your walkers your bikers but now everyone's understanding you know to sit down and stay at your seat it works better for us and i feel like you, you take you take this for granted less i mean like um I went for a meal with the family. I went to the Waterbridge Arms um, up in Wem, and I was just like, "This is nice, just to be out with the family and have good food." And that's the first time we've been properly been out. I mean, I went, I went outside. I went to see my mom and crew, and we sat outside, and it was raining, and it was then it wasn't raining, then it was windy. We we're outside, but to actually sit in a nice pub and have a great meal, like I was like, "I'm never going to take this for granted again." And I hope I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. And we see families. You know, there's only only tables of six, but you see families, they really appreciate each other, I think, um, because they haven't seen each other for so long. So, you know, they meet up with the grandparents and, and, and the kids, that, you know, they're enjoying their time and, and appreciating it. And I think that, you know, that's another thing to be learnt by yeah. the pandemic, isn't it? Well, you certainly got high regards from Mark anyway. You enjoy this place? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I bought a, bought a cottage because it was a mile closer than my previous dwelling <laughs> because <laughs> the pub's there. <laughs> Well, I've, I've loved being here and seeing how much people have enjoyed it. Everybody's out enjoying the sun. These five minutes of summer that we're going to be having, apparently. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's really nice. Thank you for talking to me. I know you're nervous to do this, but uh, where can people find you on like, social media, things like that? Can people yeah, so we're on social media. We've got our website, which is theroyhill.co.uk. Um, and we have everything. Yeah, we're, we're, we're quite up to date on Facebook. We're not amazing at social media, but we've learned again. How mm. to how to adjust to social media, and um, yeah. On Instagram too, I'll just tag you in a post on Instagram. So yeah, Instagram. I don't. I'm not sure how to use it, but <laughs> we're on it. <laughs> well, you should sure. because this is beautiful, <laughs> and Instagram's all about looking at beautiful things. So, um, thank you for talking to me today. Thank you very uh, much. All the best of luck. Thank, thank you very you. much. Cheers.